You're all very welcome to another episode of Irish in Toronto. Today I'll be chatting with Anton Utrin Lewin. Anton is my colleague here in the Celtic Studies Programme at the University of St. Michael's College, having received an award from the Ireland Canada University Foundation to teach Irish here in Toronto. Anton has been here since September 2022 and he'll be going back to Ireland before the beginning of this summer. I wanted to get Anton on the podcast to chat, as in contrast to most of my other guests so far, he has a definite end date on his time here in Toronto and may provide a different perspective. In this chat, we discuss Anton's life through the Irish language before he moved to Toronto and how it has changed since moving here. We look at how he's in the midst of establishing a branch of Conan Nagelga, or the Gaelic League, here in Toronto. We also chat about his expectations of Toronto and what he misses about home. And normally myself and Anton only communicate in Irish, so it was a bit unusual to speak to him in English, and this is how I begin the conversation. Enjoy. We probably should have spoken English a bit before this, but... Fair. I'll try and dust off <laughs> my English. Dust off your English? Yeah. Well, it's a good question. When you were in the college, I think your whole life was nearly in Irish. Is that fair to say? A lot of it. And I think it became progressively more Irish as yeah. I went on. I went into university and I was I was studying. Here's me saying university. Uh, I went into college and uh, I um, I was I I'd come from a Gaelic school yeah. and a lot of my friends in college had come from my year group too. And I was studying Irish, so there was definitely a lot of Irish happening. But on a social level, definitely not as much as there is now because I think in a Gaelic school and a lot of people will say this. Um, even though you do come out with a great appreciation for the language and you come out with a great knowledge of the language. There's this sort of rebellious streak as there is with every school student where if there's people shouting at you morning, noon and night to speak Irish, you'd nearly out of spite to speak English. So therefore, I never had that relationship with people in my year group to speak Irish outside of the classroom. And so when I came to university and then I had kind of my school friends still, I found that then I wasn't speaking Irish socially so much. Like even I remember like on the census, you know, I put down... You know, I speak it every day in school, fine. But even saying I spoke it weekly outside of school, I think, was a bit of a push. And that would have been just before I went to college. And then, um, but I mean, the last census, by the time I was coming to the end of college, it was, you know, most of my social life was probably through Irish. Yeah. That's um, it's brilliant. It's great for people to hear that. But then you move to Toronto. Yeah. What's it been like? <laughs> what, what's it been like here? It's not been as damaging to my my Irish life as I thought it might be. Uh, I still I still text a lot of people through Irish at home and if I phone calls a lot of them will be in Irish and even while I'm here obviously because I'm teaching the language I find that I get to speak it most days to students um, and working with you obviously yeah. um, I think that's great because even some people doing my job in other cities they might be the only Irish speaker in the department or they might I, be the I only was, person I was in that in Newfoundland yeah. I was only yearning for someone else to talk Irish in the office. So. For sure, yeah, whereas with us, I can, as I often do, as you know, pop down and yeah. stand in your door frame and speak <laughs> Irish for a few minutes, yeah. you know, so it definitely, it tops you up, and I, I don't think it's had any negative effect on my impact, on my Irish, like, I would love to be able to just kind of speak it openly, but the fact that I live in, at, at home, like, my family don't have any Irish, my yeah. parents really don't have much, um, so I'm used to that, I'm used to kind of having to seek it out and have certain relationships where I know that I can speak Irish with people. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. Uh, I think for you, like, being here for a year, you're, it's kind of like, if I make an analogy, like, to, like, lifting weights, mm. it's like you're just taking a little bit, you're, you're kind of just maintaining, you know, you're not losing yeah. anything living here when you go back um, next year, that's, you, do you think you'll just fall straight back into an Irish-speaking socially i hope so i think one thing that i haven't had to deal with yet because i was there was about a 10 day overlap between my masters and 
moving to Canada. So I was writing my dissertation on the plane. As you can imagine, that wasn't the nicest experience. So I never actually got to experience what it was like not being in college in Ireland. So I still need to figure out what that's going to be like. So I'm not going to be in the, you know, on Coolach, UCC's Irish Society. I'm not going to be kind of meeting a lot of those people every day for a coffee the way I used to. But a lot of people are still in Cork. I still obviously, as I say, text, phone calls and that. So I think I'll fall into the groove without too much difficulty. Okay, (laughs) fair enough, fair enough. No, just I was curious about that because I feel like being here for a couple more years extra to make a bit of a, and you feel this too, we kind of have to make more of an effort. Mm. Um, I'd probably read more in Irish than I would if I lived at home. uh, For sure. But it's great to have, and there's a good circle of us here. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about setting up Conor and the get the branch that we have here? Absolutely, why not? Um, so I this time last year actually I got the Snapchat memories last night of um, ourselves and when Michael D came to Ardesh and all that and a, a load of us went up on the bus to Galway from UCC to go to the Conor and the Ardesh. Why didn't you just drive? <laughs> oh city folk can't drive that. And uh, yeah, as if we could afford the petrol at <laughs> that time, right after the invasion, I think. Um, and um, so we went up to Galway and my friend Anya in Galway had, on the sly, nominated me to be on the Cúisteachano, which is like the national executive board of Conor and the Gaelge. And I, I was like, well, I just got an email saying I'd be nominated. I was like, what? In God's name. Spent about two weeks trying to figure out who nominated me. Went up and... Um, you know, did my canvassing and there was a good few of us actually um, got elected, thankfully, to the national executive, which I never thought I'd get to do. So I um, got elected and um, was on um, was on that board then for the year. And literally that term only ended last weekend. Uh, the Ardesh was on in Nina. Sadly, missed that, even though that's where my great grandmother was from and everything. I would have loved to have been there. But um, yeah, so spent the year on that committee and I got elected to, to the Focus de Ferberha, so like the development subcommittee. And uh, I saw when working with them that there was no active branch in Canada, essentially. And as many people will know, there are branches of Conor and the Gaelic yeah. everywhere. Like they're all over England. There's a new one in New Zealand. They're all over the States. There's Very one unusual in New York. There that there wasn't one in Canada. For sure. And there hasn't been since I think 2018 was the last time one officially registered. So, and I noticed here in the city too that COVID had a massive impact on those social circles, especially because there's a lot of Irish people who moved here 40, 50 years ago who would be much more cautious about the pandemic, rightfully so. And um, yeah, so I kind of, I saw this gap and I decided, okay, I'm here for a year. I would love to be able to say that I established a branch of Conor and the Gaelge in Canada and why not Toronto? Because obviously it's the place with the most people. So we've been working together over the last while trying to get some events going and we had kind of a, a Kirkle Coro, like a Teagas play in January, hit by a blizzard, but we still got a good turnout, which was <laughs> yeah, great. Just for people listening, I think there was like 20 metres of snow in the like three or four hours before <laughs> the event, but we still got a very surprisingly big crowd for that event. So. Thankfully, yeah, the tea and coffee didn't go to waste. In yeah. the end, I was thinking of just robbing it and bringing it back to my room <laughs> after we paid for it, but uh, so yeah, it was all gone, and uh, and then we had an online event too last week, and that was brilliant. It was very little advertisement or anything, but we had more than thirty people showed up, which was great. Um, and literally just everyone seemed to enjoy meeting other Irish speakers, exchanging details, having a laugh. You know, some people only had a few words, some people were from the Gaeltacht literally, and moved over. So that's been great, and we're going to have a pop of Gaeltacht in March, um, and all that. So, um. Yeah, it's just, I think it's it is a brilliant opportunity just to kind of formalise that Irish community in the in the city and to give people an outlet where they can 
go to Conor and the Great again, they know that they're the ones that will be running events. They know they'll find other Irish speakers there. And therefore, people won't feel like there isn't a community for them to be a part of. Yeah. And then, of course, from there, hopefully, there'll be other branches in Canada in yeah. the future. Step by step. Yeah. Step by step. Mm-hmm. We'll get Toronto going. And then, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, brilliant. No, I, I, yeah. I'm looking forward to as a person who'll be living here a bit longer than you. It mm-hmm. should be... It's great. The university is fantastic. Like, we organise loads of things, but I think it's nice to have something that's not academic. Yes. Um, and mm-hmm. the benefit of us being involved is we can use the university as a, as a host venue for... For things that there is a snowstorm or whatever for sure um, <laughs> definitely no but there's a great hunger out there so and absolutely uh, it's 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 gone ahead mm-hmm. we've had great uptake so far too we just we set up a, a form you know for yeah. people to sign up to the mailing list i mean that was a week ago we already have nearly 90 members so and i'm i'm i'm, I'm not blown away by that um but at the same time i am kind of i'm just enthused by it it's great mm. so like that 90 people already are willing to like, cause I, let's be honest, like, you know, signing up to newsletter is kind of even something I'm interested yeah. in. Sometimes I don't like doing that. Exactly. Fact, yeah. If they're willing to do that, that means probably another ninety people who will come. But exactly. They'll hear the about the certain <laughs> events. Exactly. Yeah. 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 We haven't even really twisted anyone's arm yet. I feel like you know, it's just no, I've no. sent out a few messages to people that might be interested. But you know, once the events start and people are there, and you yeah. you suss out who hasn't signed up for your newsletter, yeah, make yeah. sure you get them down. You know. Yeah. And no. that's how you grow. Great, looking mm. forward to it. Um, Fingers crossed, anyway. Yeah, exactly. I've told too many people it's happening now, anyway, so we have to make sure. That's the best way <laughs> to get you know, if you're applying for a job or something, just say, John, I'm gonna just tell it as many people as you can, and mm-hmm. then I'm sure eventually you'll feel like you let them down if you don't do it. So, exactly. Um, brilliant. So, we're talking in the last day of February, you came like the first week of September, last week of August, basically. Well, last week of August, was it? It was the 2nd of September. 2nd of September. Yeah. And I remember... Just about with the visas yeah. and everything. Yeah, you did. And it was, um, it was roast and hot. Roast and hot, yeah. 30-odd uh, oh, uh, degrees. Isn't something it? like that. And we're... we're it's not... It, well, it is, we're looking out the window now here at the Covenant in snow. How have you mm. found living here in general in terms of weather or what, any other aspects? I really enjoyed that, like, two, three weeks of summer we got at the start, you know, that was fun. And I mean, that was probably the hottest temperature I'd ever been in. Yeah. Like, and then I came out to the GAT tournament on the, on the Sunday and, uh, just like, it was 42 degrees, oh, um, with, with the humidity. Yeah, was it? Yeah. It felt every bit of it. Like, <laughs> and trying to get the, and obviously only for I bumped into you halfway there, trying to get the subway and the bus and all this, I didn't know what I was doing, yeah. but, um, yeah, I really liked that. So that, that was a nice treat. Um, you know, just to, I think it boosted the serotonin when I first arrived, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then we had a great fall. Um, or autumn fall. actually the end <laughs> thanks for the translation for our <laughs> on four as it should be called and uh yeah so like that was that went on for a lot longer than people told me it would yeah. i think we were lucky that way so the kind of classic crisp maple leaves you know yeah. lasted for a long time i loved that you know yeah. made for some great instagram pictures <laughs> yeah. and then uh and then i was really buzzing for the winter you know even though i was scared because of all the horror stories you hear um, but it's been quite mild, I think, yeah. by Canadian standards. So even by Toronto standards. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, like the novelty of the first. So I just sat here literally the, the day of the first snow when you called into me. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's so much fun, and I I really enjoy it. Once you've the, like the good coat and the good boots, and yeah. it's grand. It's the only thing that bothers me is when it melts and there's slush like everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's miserable. Yeah. Yeah. And plenty of that head, I think. But yeah, we're, yeah. we're like should be winding down. I always say by St. Patrick's Day, usually the kind of winter's coming to an end. Okay. Um, which is weird because that's only two and a half weeks away now. Mm. People listening, it might already be passed, but it's still a bit of snow on the ground. So, but um, yeah, I'm still waiting for like the big hit because I missed the big snowstorm on Christmas Eve and everything because I was oh, gone yeah. home. So yeah. I've I've not had like a really really bad experience yeah. yet. I don't think. No. 
I don't think it's mm. I do get some cold days alright, but it's not it's not too bad in Toronto anyway. Yeah. It's um, still fun though. It's still nice. Like I sat by the window during the blizzard last Wednesday and yeah. um I just was you know, I was reading my book and I just sat and looked out at the snow falling, you know, it's yeah. it's really nice. And at least here you know that they're gonna clear it. That's Unlike true. at home, you're like if it falls, you're like <laughs> you're just waiting for the sun to come back. Yeah, yeah. Um excellent. Any other observations of you haven't been here. The reason I like to have you on this is because you haven't mm-hmm. been here that long. Yeah. Compared to a lot five of months ish, I think. Been here. Yeah. yeah, so five months, whereas I've had people on the show for 30, six, 40 best, years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're here short one time, so yeah. your, your kind of perspective is a little bit different. Um, I suppose we should explain what I'll explain in the introduction, but mm-hmm. what brought you to Canada in the first place? Well, I've kind of known about this scheme that I'm part of for a long time because I did all of my education through Irish. So Nínra, Gaelskol, Gaelchlóis, and then the degree. Yeah. Up until it was my master's was the first time I had a fully English language educational experience, which was quite jarring, actually. Yeah. Um, even though I would rather not have learned about political science through Irish anyway. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been a bridge too far, I think. Um, but this scheme, basically, it's the Ireland-Canada University Foundation, or ICUF, as the cool kids call it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they send um, a, a number of Tagaskori, like, tutors to Canada every year. So, um, and at present there's six, so there's one in Newfoundland, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, Ottawa, Toronto, and Edmonton. There's the six of us, and sometimes cities come into the scheme, sometimes they fall out of the scheme, and so on. And it's kind of similar to the Fulbright scheme in the US, if people are more familiar with that. And because I was in school, sometimes there'd be events during Shocked in the Gaelge and stuff, where they'd get people in to talk to us about career prospects. More so with university through the Kulacht, um, there'd be Cardin Fustiachta and all that, which I then ended up being the education officer who had organised that Cardin Fustiachta. Yeah. So I was very tuned into the career prospects Asquadia, um, and one of them was ICOF. And I was fascinated with Canada when I was really, really young. I was really into geography when I was like a small child. It was my kind of fascination topic, and uh, I used to get like an interactive globe. Off. I got one off Santi one year. I remember. Was delighted and I just loved Canada I think just because it seemed like the US but more kind of palatable and yeah. safer you know yeah, yeah. and it just it looked cool it was really big it had lots of islands <laughs> you know it was like, it's like yeah. cool and my dad was the same when he was young apparently so um so then when I found out that you could like teach Irish in Canada I mean it still seems bizarre now but for people that don't know much about the Irish language and career prospects it's probably insane the idea of it the so-called dead language you can teach in Canada and so when I decided in the end at the end of my Irish degree I did Irish and geography and I kind of made the decision to diversify rather than specialize with my master's so I went into government and politics in UCC for a year and when I did that I one of the main reasons why I was kind of apprehensive about doing it was I thought I was forfeiting a lot of career options with Irish whether it be, you know, something like translation in the EU or doing a job like this. Um, but in the end, I was the one organising the career workshop and all that. So I was still kind of clued in, but I kind of had set my eyes on doing a political job because I was trying to organise my career, my work placement. I was going to be going to the Electoral Commission. I just about sorted that. And then at the end of a meeting um, with the cool of one week, um, myself and Sean, who's in New Brunswick, a good friend of mine, um, decided to go for a pint just the two of us and um, he told me this was a Tuesday night and he said he'd applied for ICOF and I said oh wow is that happening this time of the year like I suppose it is yeah and he was like yeah the deadline's on Sunday like you should apply for it as well you know who knows you know I know they say you need a, a quote relevant masters 
what does that mean? Yeah. You know, he's like, just try it, you know, whatever. And I had my two points of Amish. I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll, <laughs> I'll apply. Why not? Because it'll be really cool. I won't get it anyway. So I might as well try. And, um, and yeah, so I applied and both of us ended up getting selected, which was fantastic. And it really took me by surprise. And it was, it was great to have something lined up for like immediately after the, yeah. the work placement. As I say, there was a bit of an overlap. So, um, no break, you know, straight from work placement and dissertation into working here. But uh, yeah, just that combination of Canada and Irish. And I've been teaching for years now. So um, to get all of them together, um, I think was a bit of a once in a lifetime opportunity. So I had to try yeah. it at least. <laughs> Excellent. Has this, you seem to have a lot of expectations of Canada or like mm. uh, some sort of assumptions about it. Um, and have those assumptions been fulfilled or have any have myths come to show about what you thought your experience was going to be? It's an interesting one because I think Irish people have a very positive image of Canada. I would agree, yeah. But I don't think they have a specific image of Canada. It's just a concept nearly, you know, and it's, you, you, it's, you know, me. exactly. <laughs> it's the America if they did things better, basically. And uh, I, th I think that's fair, to be honest. <laughs> like, I think that's fairly realistic. Um, I didn't know much about Toronto. I, I really wanted to come here and I did ask to be put here and I was very lucky they, they actually listened to me, which was great. Um, so I didn't know much though other than that it was a big city and it was really cool. That's all I knew pretty much. I was really taken aback by how diverse it is here. Coming from Cork, like fine, it's the, it's the second biggest city in the Republic, whatever, but like, I mean, it's tiny compared to a city like this and it's nowhere near as diverse. So even just walking around after you collected me the first evening, I was so taken aback by how visibly diverse the yeah. population was. I mean, I saw people, it looked like I'd seen people from every corner of the world yeah. by the time I got home. And I loved that straight away. I thought it was so exciting. Um, so I think that's one thing I wasn't quite expecting at this level. Because I think we think of, when we think diversity, you might think, if you're Irish, you, know, you might think of London, you might think yeah. of New York or something. Toronto probably isn't on your radar so much. So, but it's more diverse than any of those places, I'd imagine. So I think so, statistically it is, yeah. Mm. And you'd see it, like it's very visible. And when you speak to people, it's quite clear, you know, and it's fantastic. I think it's the strength of the city for sure. Yeah. Um, so definitely that. Um, the people are super friendly, as, mm -hmm. as everyone knows, you know. It, it was interesting to get into that kind of um, getting used to the Canadian character, though. Yeah. Um, because people are very polite, like, I think that for sure, but it's almost as if they're they're more polite but maybe not as nice in an Irish way. Yeah. I think Irish people really will they're they're not as polite but they'll bend over backwards to help you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And to come here then and kind of I think you assume that it's going to be that type of niceness, but then you realise it's actually more they're just generally much more polite. They they don't slag you, you know, they're yeah. they're very kind of welcoming that way. But then, you know, maybe they wouldn't kind of drag someone in off the street and give them a cup of tea. You know, yeah, yeah. it's it's a different kind of level of niceness, I think. So just adjusting to that and realizing definitely there's those little things that set Canadians apart from Americans, too, I think. And that yeah. became clear quite quickly. But, you know, it's a beautiful country. It's absolutely enormous. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. I knew it was big on the globe, but it's so hard to get anywhere. You know, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's phenomenal. So I think for the most part, it, it, it definitely lives up to the positive stereotypes for sure and yeah it just took a bit of adjusting too but yeah generally I'm impressed good good yeah no, I'm a, I have a friend he, he would describe someone you know if there was a quiet fella he'd say he wouldn't mm. kill you with chat and I think <laughs> yeah. sometimes I, I find that with Canadians that are worse obviously stereotyping a little bit but mm. that um the, the, it, 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 sometimes I'm expecting like massively long 
sometimes in Ireland you, you get these conversations and they're kind of meaningless a little bit, but they go yes. out, they're quite lengthy. Yeah. And silence is almost like you know, just a don't, sin. Don't, yeah, don't be silent in a conversation. Like goes now, it's probably going to be when I edit this and you see the the audio come up, there'll be no silence at all. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because we'll just be talking. For sure. Uh, Dropping each other and everything, but <laughs> yeah, talking. And I, I that that was a little bit difficult. You're speaking the same language, English, obviously, but at times it can be. Um, yeah, just a, a little bit. Just yeah, it did, did take me a while. Whereas in America, I don't know, is it from watching too much American TV or something? I do find it very easy to interact with people there. I do find it easier, if I'm being totally honest. Mm-hmm. Um, They're much more outward going, I think. Yeah. The, or outgoing, that's not a word. Yeah, <laughs> outgoing, yeah. I think. Yeah. Americans, I think they're. Which some people might find quite annoying if exactly. people are kind of coming up to you all the time, but at the same time, that might suit Irish people a bit better because right. of that exactly, I just agree. constant communication. Yeah, yeah, you know? I'd agree. No, I, I don't. That, that's, I literally back from a week in the US and I, I found I, that just reaffirmed my thought about that. Mm-hmm. And that's not saying anything bad about Canada. It, it's Definitely just a, not, no, it's an yeah. interesting observation mm-hmm. that does take people away. Now, some Irish people, I would say, would look at that negatively and kind of look at it sometimes as being. Uh, I don't know how to describe it, but just, just it, it, it does take a while to realise, no, that's just the way things are here mm-hmm. and uh, there's no badness in it, there's no ma- malice in it at all. For sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. My barber here is from Ohio and okay. um, yeah, and I was talking to her one day and I kind of got to know her. We got on very quickly and I that this is why I realised after because yeah. I didn't even realise she was American, but she was super talkative, like asking me lots of questions, like really just, you know, yeah. same as myself. And um, it was only then when I realized she was American. Yeah. And she said to me, she was like, like, you don't get this small talk usually if you have a yeah. Canadian client. Yeah. It's just cut the hair. They're very nice, very polite, yes. super sweet. Yeah. But they're not going to talk to you for 20 minutes straight, yeah. you know, for no reason. Maybe, maybe they're more genuine. <laughs> you know, we're, exactly. We're, we're, we're the ones taking it. I don't know. But uh, it's funny, your barber's from Ohio, mine's from Ennis. Really? So not the most diverse. <laughs> um, and he'd be on the podcast I'm going to say that now uh-huh. so that this is it happens it, yeah. it happen. manifested yeah. manifested yeah. that was the word yeah. mm-hmm. he'd be on the podcast I hope he's listening to this now he doesn't know it yet um, excellent you, you said it's a big country to get around I know this podcast mm-hmm. is about Toronto but um, mm-hmm. it, like we obviously talk about the country in general you've done a bit of travelling but it is hard to get around but you've done a sure. bit in the six months which is nice do you want to talk about that yeah sure I think the first thing I wanted to do it was one of the only things that I had like as a set kind of bucket list item was you have to go to the States because if you go to Toronto and you're two hours from the border, you practically walk. It feels. And you've like, never, you've never been to the States. Never been to North America at all. So I was like, if you don't go when you're that close, like you're a disgrace. You know, yeah. just do it. Get the Esta, hop over. So last reading week in November, um, I went to DC because I have a friend doing a master's there. Um, so I was staying in Fairfax in Virginia, yeah. and um, spent like five days there. And again, kind of politics nerd here. So just like, I just went in even by myself. She had some classes the first day, went in and, you know, we went to a a hockey game the first night and then I went for like a walk. I went to like the Supreme Court, Congress, the White House, the monuments. I was just so happy with myself. Not at all. Very compact and all the museums for free in between, you know, and the galleries. I loved it. I thought it was brilliant, but definitely different experience for sure. And it was great to be with her because she was living with four other girls and three of them were American. So it was really kind of suburban American vibe. Yeah. Couldn't walk anywhere, couldn't get any public transport. Like luckily most of them drove and could bring us places, yeah, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I went there, loved that. And it was just the end of the nice weather too, which was great. Nice. And then came back to the first freezing day here. Yeah. And it snowed that week for the first time. 
And then I didn't do any travel in Canada outside of Niagara Falls, which I've been dragged to a few times now by visitors, um, until after Christmas I went to Quebec. So I did uh, Montreal and Quebec City in January around my birthday, um, which was great. I loved them. Yeah. My leaving sort of French was rustier than even I thought uh, until I got there. Fairly embarrassing. Uh, but absolutely adored Montreal. I thought it was so kind of, it was much more European, as everyone says. Yeah. Um, even the people, I felt, were much more kind of akin to Irish people than to Canadians or yeah. the rest of Canada, depending on who you ask. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then Quebec City, just, I mean, it's literally like being in a snow globe. Yeah. It's just beautiful. So nice. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I can't imagine living there just because it's it, it almost seems too good to be true. Yeah. <laughs> but and I was right in the middle of the old town as well. So it was just gorgeous. So I loved that. And um, I was supposed to be in New Brunswick last week, but um. My, my luck ran out with travel my first cancelled flight of my life um so i'm going to be going there next month um and i'm going to be going to ottawa this weekend and i'll be in newfoundland in april excellent so yeah trying to get a few provinces ticked off and a few cities before yeah. i head yeah you like you like all of them you like all of them i, I really enjoy the museums there yeah um i think for, for a politics nerd as well i think there's there's more Probably difficult to access Canadian history a little bit in Toronto. Like it's there, obviously, but mm-hmm. um, it's nice and compact in Ottawa. It's there for you. Uh, Newfoundland is a different animal altogether. <laughs> but when are you going to Newfoundland? Mid-April. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we're hoping it's habitable at that point. Yeah, probably still be wintry, but it'd be yeah. nice. But just the history there again, it'll blow you away. So mm-hmm. um, I can't wait to hear the accents, like because yeah. anytime I meet someone from there, it's just mind-blowing so I'd, I'd love to hear it just like being everyone speaking like that on the yeah, street yeah yeah no it's a great place it's definitely the most irish place i've been i know it's a little bit stereotypical but it's, it is the most irish place i've been um outside of ireland mm-hmm. most definitely yeah it's a great place and and again just if we're looking at kind of the the canadian culture of even socially kind of behaving and things like that mm. uh, i knew from that i would say it was a bit different to toronto yeah so in that it, was, it probably was more irish um yeah, so just it, it just felt easier to talk to strangers, I mm. suppose, and they would kill you with the chat. <laughs> yeah, good. But uh, yeah, no, you'll you'll enjoy it definitely. Uh, excellent. Okay, uh, so living here, you're not here that long, mm-hmm. but you know, I know there you're you're uh, you're not crazy young, but you're at an age where your friends are kind of starting work, and you're just out of college. For sure, I definitely would have struggled more being away from home then than I do now. And I'm not that much older than you, but it's still, it's easier now. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you miss about home? What have you missed about home? People living here now 20 years will be like, what's he on? But he's only gone six months. But <laughs> no, but that, that can be, I think everyone will empathise listening. Those first few months and year are the hardest. For sure. Well, so, I, even I feel a lot better now than I did when I got here. You yeah. know what I mean? I missed home the most when I was gone for 24 hours, you know, yeah. so, which seems ridiculous because if it was a holiday, you wouldn't miss home at all. Yeah. Um, I think the lifesaver for me was the fact that I did an Erasmus year as part of my degree. So I spent, it should have been maybe 10 months. It ended up being six and a half because of COVID. But um, I was in the Netherlands and I didn't know it was going to be cut short. So it was very much, you're leaving for a year. And I didn't go home except for Christmas. And I went home for my birthday. That was it. But the first four or five months, I was just in the Netherlands. And of course, now that I'm here, I'm like, oh my God, you were a hop, skip and a jump from Cork Airport. But it didn't feel like that at the time. So I think that's helped a lot. It's it's been much less jarring, even though I'm at the other side of the ocean. But absolutely, like my the, the thing that hit me straight away was the people. Yeah. Like I like I luckily had uh, I was in Cork for most of my life, so 
bar that little period in the Netherlands. I mean, I was in Cork for 23 and a half years, pretty much. So school, my, like my parish, college, then the masters, the Irish society, like I'd built up quite a network. And there was always luckily someone around, you know, that I was friends with, that I could hang out with, that I could organize something with. So then kind of upping, like uprooting yourself and moving to another country and having to start again, that was quite jarring at first, for sure. And even that trying to make friends with people that don't have the same sense of humor as you, that don't have the same experience as you, that was quite weird. And doing all that on top of not being a student for the first time in 20 years. Yeah. Um, I think that was that was the thing I missed the most. I just I missed being in college. I missed the people, but you get used to it pretty quickly. I think you know, and it was definitely easier this time than than when I was in the Netherlands. You know, yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. I just I remember my first year abroad, kind of pining mm-hmm. a little bit for uh, things at home that I didn't think I'd miss. Yeah, were you I, France? I was in France yeah. in residence. Yeah, and that that was the time that that was. Yeah, I just I was I met um. Uh, or I didn't meet. I, I so I had, there was there was a group of American students in France when I was there. I was in Nantes, and they mm-hmm. were from Washington University, of Washington, and mm-hmm. uh, Seattle. And I was friendly with them. You know, we spoke English, obviously, so we kind of it was easier to be friends with them. Um, and yep, good friends with them. And then time passed, and during COVID, I called one of them and talked to her in a couple of years. And just I think she she something big had happened in her life. But so we reached out, and we had a chat. We were just chatting away. And, she said, I can't believe you're living in Canada for a couple of years. I said, why? She said, when you were in France, you were so lost. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, you just wanted your Irish, like, lad friends. She just kept saying that. I was like, I didn't mm-hmm. think it was that obvious. She goes, oh, yeah, you, anytime we were out and you had a few drinks, that's all you wanted to talk about and tell us stories about your friends back home. I, I thought I'd assimilated pretty well, but obviously <laughs> I hadn't. So, no, it is. I found, like, compared to, like, compared to when I moved to Canada, that, that first time I moved away was difficult. So I can mm-hmm. see... But I suppose, yeah, you had the Netherlands like, experience to yeah to help with that. So yeah, for sure. And you're right, it is other people that see it in you. As you said, even, you know, to me, it's it's other people see what you want to do yourself a lot of the time. Yeah. You know? I do, yeah. I do. I remember one time, October, I assume, mm-hmm. is the Arctic on October, starts in November? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. You obviously, you were missing out on that and you were talking. And I was like, oh. I was like, he's only here two months. Yeah. Like, do you know I was like... <laughs> You know, there, there's there's a hundred things you could do in Toronto this week. For sure. But it's relevant when, where you want to be is somewhere else. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, I forget what I did that week. I think it was... Or Optus in the room or something. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I went to... I think I went to DC the following week. There was something on anyway. I think I went to a game or something. But uh, yeah, I remember. And everyone at home was like, oh my God, will you cop on? Like, I mean... This they is, want to be in your position. Exactly. They're like, what? You're doing fun stuff every week, every day nearly. Yeah. And while we get one cool weekend... In Clarny, and like, and now you're jealous, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know. And like, the jazz weekend was on the weekend before that as well. Yeah. Oh my god, I was just the FOMO was killing me. Like, yeah. but yeah, it just took a few people at home to just put me in my place again. They're like, you're probably going to have fifty more jazz weekends, you know. And yeah, yeah. That's they're like, true. just enjoy yourself. Like everyone here would love to be in Toronto, you know. Yeah. And when you're back, you're going to want to be in Toronto again. Yeah. So, and I'm like, yeah, you're you're right. You know, I pined after Utrecht when I came back too. You know. Yeah. So, yeah, but the, just those little things, like, I remember by the time I got home, and then I thought my flight was going to get cancelled because it's the first blizzard of the season, of course, happened the day yeah. I was flying home. And um, so that was a disaster. But I remember I just would have murdered someone in that airport for a pint of Beamish and a slice of Brennan's and, like, some proper, like, cheddar cheese. Yeah. Oh, I would have done anything, you know. I'm thinking of the Fine Arms and Hog episode where, like, you, you can't take Irish people seriously, you know, there'll be people ringing 
police now saying Anthony wants to kill someone. Yeah. <laughs> um, that day I probably would have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's funny. The, it's a living in Canada in the opposite way. Mm-hmm. Um, I know one answer to this question, but you know things that you might have picked up here that uh, elements of Canadian culture or whatever it might be that you might bring home with you. I know you're a big fan of those maple cookies. For sure. <laughs> I actually haven't had one in a while, now that you say it, yeah. yeah we, get a box. we should have had a box of them for the podcast, but I really should have had them all up and I've been eating them, yeah. A bit crunchy, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no. Okay, I must get a box of them for the weekend. <laughs> Unreal, yeah. Because I've actually, I've only recently, I've just been, you know, I normally only pop into 7-Eleven if I need milk or something. Yeah. So I've been getting away 2% milk thinking that that's the best you could do here. Yeah. Only I was in someone else's house and they had 3.25 or whatever it is. Yeah. Like full fat milk. Oh my God, I got a pint of it the other day. Yeah. It has changed my life. Like I don't a proper cup of tea. I thought the problem was I have the tea bags from home. Yeah. And I was like, what's the issue? Why well, is it tea bags, you know? I'm, I'm lying. Oh, you're lying. Yeah. I can't, I can't. <laughs> like literally, if anyone saw now, like if you walk out my front door, turn right, like the various factories right there, you know, yeah. it's at the end of my road. Like, so I'm one of, I think two families in Cork that drink lines. Yeah, I blame my all the way back to my nan. All of them. She was from Offaly, so it might have been her fault. The beamish makes up for it, probably. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I just—it's the one kink in my armor. That and I don't like the toy show. Um, but we'll save that for another day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. It. Um, what are we talking about? <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting distracted. We're talking about maple cookies. Maple. Oh, yeah, the bringing things back from Canada. Yeah. <laughs> so if I could fit a few boxes of that in my suitcase, yeah. that'd be brilliant. Um. Yeah, I'd, I, if I could bring back the public transport system, that'd be wonderful. Yeah. If you could fit that in a 20kg bag. Um, yeah. Unfortunately not. And I know everyone here complains about it. But being able to just get the subway, and it comes every five minutes at worst, yeah. dream come true. I, I love getting it. I complain about it all the time. Know? I'm one of those people. I have the mm-hmm. soccer, like every game of soccer, soccer this season. Mm-hmm. And it's kind, of, it's, it's kind of slushy, so I don't want to cycle there. So yeah. I'll, I'll get the subway. Like, and it's like, yeah, it's not the worst... Uh, it's there. it's there, at least that, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the fact there's none in Dublin still is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, they should be there, Cork should have a Lewis at this point, you know, yeah. Galway probably should too, yeah. and that means Limerick should as well. <laughs> so I don't know, but um, yeah, so if I could bring that back, that'd be wonderful. Yeah. I'd love to bring back a bit of the weather, to be honest, yeah. because just the difference, and you said this to me when I first got here, the difference in being able to just walk out your door, and like, it's not that sunny at the moment, but even just being able to walk out and it not be raining, yeah. like it's rarely raining yeah it, it just it makes me so happy you know yeah, not yeah. carrying the umbrella everywhere not having to wear a raincoat not feeling miserable walking around the place yeah it's just great Good. you know <laughs> I, I wish i could bring that back and it's just it, when the sun came out there the other day um just felt 10 times better yeah. you know yeah. and i just was brought back to ireland where you know you'd be four months carrying the brolly yeah and getting drenched every day going in and out of college you're and, actually a oh. usual irish person apparently i've been told this since we moved here we have a reputation mm-hmm. for not dressing well in the rain and yeah. not carrying an umbrella even though we're the for best sure. country in europe for uh, sure you're, yeah. kind of, you're kind of breaking that noise you're a good man to have an umbrella if it's a rainy day or i'm good oh, yeah no i have a mother who would clatter me to death <laughs> if i came home with a wet head of hair that's the yeah. problem so i got into the habit of the rally now i wouldn't be caught out wearing rain pants or anything do you know what i mean and yeah. we probably should all be doing that yeah. and it's only when you get like an exchange student in ucc yeah. and you know they'd come in they'd still be psyched and all, or something. head to toe like gear oh, yeah. and like proper shoe covers and everything you're like, and you'd be like, what's wrong with your man? And then they're the only dry one in the lecture hall for two hours, exactly, you know? So, yeah, yeah. 
we could learn a thing or two. You'd think we would have by now because we have one type of weather. I don't know what it is. I, I moving here, I, I adapted straight away. I you know, had the the for for the cold, you know, I, like when you're mm. cycling in the cold or whatever it might be, or walking in the cold. Um, and the days it's rainy, even I, I kind of adapted. I don't know in Ireland, are we used to being children and being taken in cars everywhere? Maybe, but you're still yeah. standing out. Like you know, if you go to a match or you, whatever it might be or a concert, mm. like we just get soaked. Like and we just yeah. put up with it. Uh, Very judgmental people too. We are. Yeah. yeah so yeah, like yeah. if you come in wearing a, a good raincoat, like a, oh, yeah, a long yeah. raincoat. Look at your man there with the raincoat. Like, yeah. Where do you get that? Like, yeah, who does he think like, he is? Because <laughs> I've no better wearing them here. Like exactly, exactly. So yeah. I think if we got over that first, maybe, or if we all just agreed <laughs> to look terrible when it's raining, then we'd be fine. Yeah. The Canadians are pretty good at that. That like fashion goes out the window when oh, it's yeah. when it's like a bad snow day. Just yeah. wear your boots, wear your coat, you know, yeah. whatever. I'm like, I appreciate that. I love that. Um, I want to talk to... So, again, you're actually unusual on this podcast. Mm-hmm. You are going home. Yes. Mo- anyone I've had in the podcast lives here. Um, I think more or less all of the guests have, have kind of committed to living here, like for, yeah. if not forever, for a good long time. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're going home. Um, do you want to talk about why you're going home? Sure, yeah. I mean, it's, and yeah, when even speaking to other Irish people, even the ones doing the two-year visa, and it's this kind of abstract idea, isn't it, of, I'll go home, yeah, at some point. Yeah. Maybe, like, you know, do a few years at the job, or maybe when I have kids, maybe if I get engaged, you know, maybe yeah. whatever. There's always a... There's a lot of At some point, maybe. And yeah. some people will, some people won't. Um, that's the unique thing, and you know better than most about this with ICOF. Um, it's a one-year contract, essentially. So you get sent over for a year... Um, it's essentially a scholarship reading and then there's the option of it being extended for a second year um, and um, that's it you can't go beyond that a lot of that is probably down to visa constraints I'd imagine you know it would be a disaster if they were trying to wait to see did you get PR on time to start the job and then what happens if you don't and yeah. whereas with the the two-year IEC visa they know you can do two years so some people get offered a second year which is great Um, thankfully I did I was, yeah. I was very flattered to get offered a second one I think I always came here with the idea of doing it as one year I had no idea if I'd even be offered another year um and I think if it was the kind of job where you know I'd gotten a position and even if it was just kind of year by year contract to contract and then I'd probably think differently and I'd be like look there's a bit of a path here and but the fact you know I'm I'm an Irish lecturer in Canada it's a fairly narrow field as you know (laughs) So <laughs> it's not exactly overflowing with opportunities, you know, unfortunately. Yeah. It's a lot bigger than you'd think, but it's still not very big. So thinking of that, I'd like, so Irish language and then on the other side, politics really is my other thing. And even on the politics side, I think um, I'd be, you know, I'd probably find it much easier to get into if it was a civil service type of situation, probably in Ireland, you know, yeah. or maybe the EU um, or even, you know, somewhere like London. Um, and certainly with Irish. Would you live in London? I'd consider it. Yeah. yeah, I've never been to Britain, actually, believe it or not. Oh. Yeah, not on uh, not on purpose. It just it hasn't happened oh, yeah. yet. I wasn't judging. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's not a statement or anything. You're in the Commonwealth now anyway, so. Yeah, I, so I don't know where that statement was going there, Jesus. But yeah, I've had an awful lot of people make Commonwealth jokes to me here. And I'm like, eh, actually, she's not on our money or he's not on our money. Um but um, yeah, so I, I kind of, I did get the offer, which I was delighted to get. And I really strongly considered doing a second year because it's great. I really enjoy it here. Um, but I think kind of, it's almost kind of putting off the inevitable if yeah. I did a second year. 
like I don't think I'd get a whole lot out of doing another year and it wouldn't kind of advance yeah. my career for want of a better word and um, so I think I'd rather do one year really well as I planned yeah. and then kind of head on to the next thing whatever that might be because I don't think it I don't think there's any realistic chance of me living here long term yeah. if I could say to you like I hate Ireland I don't want to go back I adore Toronto I love it here yeah. I never want to leave I put in more effort probably to try and forge some kind of a path for myself but I am always was of the opinion that I was going to go back yeah. if not to Ireland closer to Ireland probably to somewhere where there's more kind of job opportunities so I'm I'm fine with that and I'm I'm lucky as well in the sense that an awful lot of Irish people now that are my age will tell you that none of their friends are there anymore yeah. but because I'm from the city I find that most of my friends are still there and a lot of them probably won't go um, and if they do, they might leave for a year or two, kind of like me, and yeah. come back again. So I I know I can go back and kind of have a bit of a life going there already. It's yeah. not that it's completely gone, so I think that affects it too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but it was a very tough decision because it it's a fantastic opportunity. Like I really like it here, yeah. and I'm so happy I did it. And I'm it's going a bit too fast, to be honest. Like it's March now, practically. Yeah, you know, it will fast. be by the time this comes out. So yeah. I'm like, I'll be on the plane home before I know where I am. And then, you know, yeah. I'd, I'll be talking about Canada for the rest of my life, driving everyone yeah. insane, probably. The year I was in Canada, when I was yeah. in Canada. Yeah. Well, it'll replace the when I was on Erasmus, maybe, because yeah. that's what I normally get slagged for. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking when you were on about my friends in Cork and stuff, like that Tommy Tiernan joke, you know, the best thing about people in Cork is you can always say, like, this is Cork. Like, exactly. Is, yeah. When you're listening back to this now, see how long it took for me to say I was from Cork. Um, <laughs> I, I think I held off fairly long, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean... I love Cork like you know yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be there kind of maybe like long term yeah. I might be there but I don't think short term yeah. I'll probably be there I, I'm going to be there for a while when I go back I'd imagine but just realistically I think jobs wise you're probably talking Europe Britain Dublin I'd imagine yeah which is heartbreaking for any Corkman to say like yeah. Dublin and London are two things you're looking at but you One know the reasons why uh, we came to Canada, I suppose, is that um, mm -hmm. Dublin seemed to be the only kind of option for myself and my partner to, mm -hmm. where we could both live in the same place and do the work that we both want to do in Ireland. There's obviously other ways you could probably find a way around it, but at the time that was this kind of solution. I was like, if I'm going to live in Dublin, I'm nothing against Dublin specifically, <laughs> but if, if I was going to live in Dublin and kind of pay for that lifestyle, yeah. Um, People will find this mad. It's cheaper to live in Toronto than it is in Dublin. It is like mm. um, the rent is sure cheaper, the food and stuff is cheaper. Um, you get more. I you think, get more for know? the same. For yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. So, um, yeah, don't, this podcast isn't about keeping on about Dublin, but it's just uh, it can be. <laughs> <laughs> it's just interesting. Um, a lot of people feel like that. So they, they like in the in, mm -hmm. the in the Irish language world at home. Mm -hmm. And I hate the fact we're doing this podcast in English now. I think about it because we're talking about this <laughs> but. Um, the, the Dublin seems to be the place where a lot is happening for sure yeah so mm -hmm. do you, like it does seem conceivable that that could be a realistic place if you were to stay in Ireland for sure yeah. and I think I th I've never kind of fully given into the thought but <laughs> not to sound too negative yeah. but um, I've always assumed that at some point I'm going to end up living in Dublin yeah. whether that's for forever I don't know Um, but I, I feel like I'm kind of nearly fighting it, you know, it's like I've been to the Netherlands, I've been to Canada, might go somewhere else, you know, but at some point the odds of me ending up in Dublin because of the fact that I specialise in Irish language and politics yeah. 
it just seems like it's going to happen, you know, and that's okay. I have grown to like Dublin, you know, um, when I was younger, probably the Cork bias, you know, yeah, yeah. hated going to Dublin, yeah. really just despised having to, to go there. I know we have most things in Cork, but you know, if there was a big concert or something, it's like, why do I have to go to Dublin for every little You're thing, you know? You're getting a few of them recently now. You're we are, I know, I'm me living answers. across the road from Musgrave <laughs> Park, you know, I can't complain, but um, yeah, so that always annoyed me but I think as I got a bit older and I had friends in Dublin and you know I started being able to go out in Dublin and yeah. go to parties and stuff then I that's great really, that. you know, it is yeah. it is it's just expensive and yeah. hopefully I really am hoping that in the next few years there'll be some kind of a change whether that's an actual government policy change like what's currently happening in Portugal is very interesting yeah. or if it's just a, more of a market collapse yeah. that there'll be some kind of a shift anyway in house prices and availability because it seems just so difficult like renting is one thing you can kind of weasel your way in you know and even that's hard but trying to get a house like my cousin just bought a house last week and it was going on for so long and another cousin of mine came back from the Hague and very good job husband had a very good job she was just about to have her first child and they were trying to get a house they were renting in Dublin for a while Ended up, I think the closest they could get was in Wexford town. Okay, to Dublin. Yeah, that was kind of it. And I mean, I, they had a solid place. budget. How far type. is Wexford town? To they have a good motorway, to be fair, from what I hear. But I'd say you're still talking like an hour and a half, maybe. Yeah. Yes. Um, like literally, <laughs> like you're the entirety of Wicklow away before yeah. you even get to Wexford, you know. So yeah, not a chance. But um, and because they wanted like a what we would call a proper house, you know, own it and have two or three bedrooms and, you know, so in an estate, exactly, and, uh, for the new baby, have a garden, like whatever. Yeah. Um, so, and yeah, Wexford, luckily they don't have to be in the office every day because they're both working from Dublin, um, you know, so thankfully that's not a thing. Um, but it just blew my mind, you know, because yeah. on a map, Wexford is nearly as close to Cork as it is to Dublin, yeah. but the motorway makes a big difference. But, True. Still, I mean, it's it's phenomenal. If you want to work in Dublin, you should be able to live in Dublin. Yeah. It just seems so obvious. Yeah. I think you'd do well in Dublin anyway. I think uh, if Ola Cahan is listening to this, you'll take his job, I'd say, one of the days. <laughs> Owen, <laughs> Owen, I won't take your job. But if you want to move on to a bigger job, then I'll happily take <laughs> well, that, your that, job. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. He'll obviously move into a bigger job and you can take his role. Well, I mean, another Icuff man. Yeah, so, that's true. Um, you know, Owen very kindly was... Part of our Carlin Fustiach the last yeah. year. Yeah. It was very interesting. So Yeah. Yeah. Any man who's willing to wear shorts while delivering the news on like, <laughs> I prefer his scarves than his shorts. <laughs> I think they're a bit more iconic. He but, probably doesn't listen to this podcast, but I would yeah. personally send him this episode because so, you know what he's been discussed. Do. Um excellent. So we're gonna wind down. Um mm-hmm. I don't have much else to talk about basically, but I'm delighted that I got you on because every, everyone else I'd interview We'll probably live here and stay here long term. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least they don't know if they're going to leave anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you, you are going home soon. So you're yes. kind of, you're, yeah. you're going home quite soon. Yeah, I only have two and a half months left. There you go. That's the first time I've said that. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything, um, is there anything like an itch? I know you've a bit of a travel itch that you're going to scratch in the next few months. Is there anything sure. else that you kind of really feel you want to get done before you go? It's a good question. Yeah. Um, it, it's one that's out of my control, but I would like to feel heat, <laughs> you know, if yeah. I leave and it's still cold, I'll be, I'll be annoyed. Um, yeah. I've kind of done the sports, I think, like yeah. um, we've gone to a hockey game together yeah. and basketball. Have we got you on skates yet? 
Uh, you haven't. No. I have You've been, been on skates. On skates. Oh, yeah. I've not been on skis, but I'll settle for skates this time. <laughs> you know, we've done something. We went curling, you know. We did go curling. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't make it to a baseball game. Not particularly bothered about that. It's an American game, yeah. You know, exactly. <laughs> Blow-ins. Like. So uh, I think I've done the bits you have to do. Like I've had the maple syrup and all that. The bits that I have to tell everyone in Ireland I did, you know, or yeah. they think I wasted my year here. Yeah. But um, I think I the main thing for me was getting to the States in terms of travel. If I get to New Brunswick and I get to Newfoundland, I think I'll be be pretty happy. Yeah, I think yeah. I'm I'm fairly I'm fairly content. Now that you say it, yeah, I don't think there's any massive thing that I feel like like if you put me on the corner that we started the conversation. Sure. Actually yeah. No, that's it. Yeah. If I leave and that's not after happening, um I'll have to resign from everything I've ever done. <laughs> well look we're nearly there, you know. Yeah. We have the members, that's the important part. Exactly, so. yeah. No, we're there. We're there. Committee and registration and then we're Away we go. Perfect. No, thanks very much. I appreciate Great it. Great to meet you, And just uh, once again, apologies to everyone for the podcast not being in Irish, but uh, we could do another one. I'll scale get better. Yeah, on Kate Canada. Yeah, Canada. Yeah, come on. Okay, Kermagat. Slán. Really hope you enjoyed that chat with Anton. Uh, we've had a great year working together here at St. Mike's and I'm sure we will collaborate in some way again in the future. In relation to the pop-up Gwaeltuk, which was mentioned in the podcast, it'll be taking place on Thursday, March 9th in Salter Street Brewery, which is just east of Queen and Broadview. Everyone and anyone is welcome, regardless of your level of Irish. It should be good crack and thanks to Owen McGarrett for making it possible. Another Irish speaker in Toronto who will be on this podcast in the future. Once again, all feedback is welcome. You can email me. My email address is in the description of the podcast or you can find me on social media. It's lovely getting messages from strangers and talking about the podcast and their stories of what brought them to Toronto. I would still encourage people to download the episodes and to share them with friends and family. Downloads are the easiest thing to get for me to gauge how many people I'm reaching with these conversations so I really appreciate it. Thanks to Natalie Barbuzzi who provided the logo for the podcast and thanks to Shannon Eaton who provided the music you are now listening to. You will find all of our music on Spotify. There will be another episode of Irish in Toronto in two weeks, and until then, it's long of old.